right. Well, we have a special guest today with us on the podcast that has not officially been named yet, but we are still floating around some different names. Um, floating around some different names. Sippin' Saints is one of the oh, names. Oh, podcast. Podcast. I, thought, uh, I was yeah, like, what do you mean? Name. His name is Like Zach. nicknames yeah. on the podcast. We have a special guest. We're still I figuring out names. I thought we were names. floating around Zach's name. I'm like, what is there a float? We are floating around nicknames for Zach still. but No, so we have Zach here, myself, Abel, and Lauren. Episode three. And today, the conversation we're talking about is hurt from people and how to work through that. And obviously... Everybody that goes through life gets hurt to one degree or another and multiple times. Mm. And but argue if you're not living life, if you're having gotten hurt. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't even think, I just think it just naturally happens. You just get hurt. You get close to people having relationships as part of the way that God's created us. You build relationships with people and then you get hurt by things they say, you get hurt by things they do. They act in ways you never expected. And it's friends, it's family, it's coworkers, it's bosses. And so, you know, this is a big thing. And a lot of people, when they get hurt, a lot of times they get stuck and they don't know how to move past that hurt. Mm. And so, you know, we want to talk all things hurt today. And I thought we'd have this group kind of share their thoughts, experience Mm. that kind of help some (laughs) other people. That's what we're trying to do is we're trying to help other people kind of work through, think through, work through, um, you know, any hurt that they've had in their life. I'd be interested to hear where a story or experience where you guys were hurt by someone and how you dealt with it or what that was like or maybe how you didn't deal with it well or yeah what that what that looked like i think that would be that would jumping right in the deep yeah end. yeah he said take uh, the floaties, floaties off he said yeah. take the floaties. floaties on we're jumping in the deep end um <laughs> yeah just one story I mean, maybe you we could, pick uh, the relationship. Pick the we could do yeah. group, <laughs> we yeah. could yeah. group yeah. therapy yeah. if we need to. But <laughs> no, yeah, I just I would. I mean, go ahead. Who's got Zach? You got uh, a story you can think of? No names, of course. Yeah, no names. My brother. <laughs> <laughs> My best friend. Yeah, I mean, um, I have so many stories. Um, I guess it's a great way to be intru- introduced to the podcast. Mm-hmm. Here's yeah. my deep hurt. Yep. Um, <laughs> Here's how we hurt. We're going to get real here. <clears> That's all right. I'm okay with being vulnerable. Um, <laughs> so, okay, here's here's a story. This is actually a really significant one in okay. my life. So I grew up, uh, um, uh, well, around like second grade, I started to form these friendship, this group of friends with, mm. oh, there, there were three of us. This trio, we went to church together. Uh, one of them, we went to, he and I went to school together, but we did like everything together at each other's houses on the weekends. Like we started a band together. Um, we would just do so much mm-hmm. and people started calling us the tripod. Wow. Um, wow. Because where you, like yeah. we came as one. That's a nickname. Um, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, right? It's great. And it's fire. like we, yeah. So at church together, we would be on the worship team and we just like made we helped each other grow. We challenged each other. We mm-hmm. support each other. All these things. Um, and that lasted all the way up through junior high, through high school. But once, uh, once the year started getting along and uh, we got into senior year and it, start, it was time to start deciding kind of what college to go to, mm-hmm. started to realize mm-hmm. that, that our friendship hadn't been the same that it had been before. Like something mm. shifted in mm. our friendship um, to where um, there's kind of like unspoken tension um, that sometimes would come to light in 
really like painful ways around maybe. where you guys were going to go to college. Even even before that, oh, okay. um, it started to come to light because as we started to think of like where we're going to college, uh, we start like I was thinking of coming to Chicago. I'm from Southern California, mm. so this is a big move away mm. from the tripod, right? How can yeah. a leg be separated? Come on, <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wouldn't be a tripod. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. So the thing was like, where will my friendships be once I'm you know two thousand miles away from mm. home? Like, does this have the strength to last beyond you know? Uh, through through the distance and um, so I started to realize oh we've been growing distant for a long time Mm. Um, what's going on here Mm. and um, the the way the things that had happened is just like one friend like felt really hurt and unseen by the other two of us Mm. Um, we just like we're not sensitive to the things he was going through Mm. and so he started to pull away and stopped being vulnerable with us. Like, mm-hmm. and um, we like didn't even realize that. And then the other friends, so two of us came from like a similar socioeconomic background mm-hmm. and the other one was kind of a little bit more, like came from a better place, like wealthier than us. And so we kind of had some bitterness towards some of, some of his life situation that we did not experience. Mm-hmm. And so we started to kind of even like, treat him with some coldness and mm. so it was, it was interesting because it's like it was multi-layered right in mm. one sense there were two friends pulling back from this one this one friend and then in another sense there was two friends pulling back from another one mm. and it just created this interesting dynamic and we started to realize it especially um the 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 summer after we uh after our first year of college and coming back from summer break and we were in a band together and we led worship at, at a summer camp. Mm. And we were we lived together. We uh, played multiple like worship sets in a day plus practice. And the conflict that would erupt in that like kind of pressure cooker of a, like a stressful experience, mm. um, it showed us like whoa things are different. And what what made the the lasting mark to me is one of my friends was starting to talk about like his relationship and like things are getting serious and yeah we like we might I might propose to her soon and one of our other friends like who wasn't in the tripod one of our other friends asked him like oh like who's gonna stand up like who's gonna be your best man Mm. and we had always assumed oh it'll be us but he said this other guy (laughs) like this other friend and for me that was just like a um like a a a a wake-up call Mm. Mm realizing like oh our friendship has fallen not because like i wanted to stand up and be like oh look at how like cool i am and Mm -hmm. how how special i am that i get to stand up but like it showed that the intimacy had become so so shattered Mm -hmm. um and there was a lot of hurt and pain that happened i don't know if we want to get into the like how that was resolved yet Mm -hmm. but like Mm -hmm. i can if you want but that was that caused a lot of pain because it was deep friendships, close yeah. people mm-hmm. that I loved, mm. that I had shared my life with and like my difficulties, my struggles, and that like subtle shift that started to happen that you don't notice until like big things start to erupt. Mm. Mm. And I held that uh, uh, a lot of pain um, because of, of that. Now, now that's not necessarily like this, this person betrayed me or the, this like big thing. Yeah. But it's it's that drifting away, yeah. Of like, man, we don't talk anymore. Mm. Man, we, like you weren't, you're not there for me anymore. Oh man, mm. I'm not there for you. Like, mm. when's the last time I asked you how you really were? Mm. Um, 
and that was a really painful painful time yeah. so hmm. yeah thanks for sharing yeah, thanks for sharing yeah so Zach, and you speak to this as well, but open it up to, to all of you guys. So all of us have gone through different experiences of hurt, like Zach, and he used the word holding on, you know, like when you hold on to this hurt. So for someone that may be holding on to hurt, how can they let go of hurt, of pain that was caused by someone that they trusted? <laughs> Like, how do you work through that? Someone that's saying, I'm going, I'm, and, and, you know, whether it's a fresh hurt or it's a hurt from a long time ago, how do you let go and move on? How do you heal? I, f I feel like in friendship, there's two types of hurt. One is similar to that where you just drift apart and there's not any communication and it hurts to feel that distance. But then you just kind of like, because it's like walking on eggshells or tiptoeing around. Hmm. Something's changed, but we're not talking about it. Hmm. And then there's that hurt where, someone blows up or you have a mm -hmm. really hard conversation and it's like blunt and direct and like there's words involved that mm. like cut really deep. Mm. So I, I feel like it's not a matter of necessary. In my mind, when you say, how do you let go of holding on to that pain? I feel like that to me translates just forget about it or don't address it. Mm. And so holding on, or letting go of that pain I think is more about like how do I deal with this so that mm -hmm. I can let go and not like mm -hmm. carry this and drag it with me my whole life you know yeah. so is that and maybe that's yeah. the better language how do you work through hurt or how so do that you, you can yeah how do you how do you heal from hurt because if you've been hurt especially by something if it's fresh yeah you like maul it over in your mind mm -hmm. over and, and over the closer and over. the person. Yeah. The you're just like turns. how they did yeah. that. And I can't believe, and the more information that sometimes comes out continues to like reopen the wound. Mm -hmm. So how do you, how do you, how do you work through that? Maybe that is the better way to say it. I, I had a friend, um, in high school, we were like super close. We did everything together. Like, mm -hmm probably unhealthily close a little bit, you know, you're learning how to not have, yeah, a little codependency <laughs> there. Um, we learned our lesson, uh, but we were really close. We shared everything. We were together all the time. Wow. Like we laughed, we cried, like, you know, really good friendship, uh, despite the codependency part. Um, and one day literally she, she just like dropped off the face of the earth, like mm. stopped talking to me like mm. completely. And I never saw her again. I like, I literally thought, did my friend die? Mm. And I, I was like, as I was thinking like over and over in my head, like, did I do something? Was it me? Like, is she actually alive? And that constant turning and turning and turning. And to this day, I still, I haven't resolved it because we've, we, like, I never heard from her again. And so that kind of left a deep wound of abandonment, like, mm. I let this person in and really close and then they just chose to leave and didn't even like communicate why. Mm -hmm. So I think in that scenario where the other person is who knows where and you can't necessarily find that peace or that healing, it had to be more like, okay, Lauren, that's not going to happen all the time. And there might've been a reason, but you can't keep like living in fear of that happening again. Like not letting other people in out of that fear of like, friends leaving again mm. so i think in that situation is a little bit probably a little bit different but if both parties are up for it like i think it's resolvable yeah i yeah. was thinking about what you were saying lauren like you don't want to be afraid of 
not letting anyone else in because someone hurt you. Like, I think you could easily get into that mm. mindset that I'm not going to let anybody in now or I'm not going to let that person back in because, you know, we're hurt. Um, I'm, I was just thinking about like, OK, I'm like from a follower of Jesus's perspective. Right. Like, let me look at Jesus's example. Right. You had Judas and Peter. Right. Which I'm sure. Right. He experienced very significant hurt by both of those scenarios right mm. and uh we never read of him interacting with judas again but we do read of jesus interacting with peter again mm. and that he came and, and ma literally made him breakfast mm. and sat down with him right and i know like i don't want to just be the person that says well just look to jesus but you know at the same time like you know there is a lot there that there are a lot of principles and attitudes there from from Jesus himself that we can learn from. And, you know, it, it, I think admitting, being able to admit that one, this is going to be hard mm. um, and it's not going to be an easy path back to reconciliation, but it's possible. Mm. It is possible. It, mm. If Jesus himself who walked alongside Peter for, for, for three years, four years, um, did life with him, like, I mean, experienced some of the most intimate moments mm. of his ministry with Peter, um, can then, you know, come back and have breakfast, breakfast with him after he denied him, right? After he denied him three times. Like, if that isn't the ultimate form of betrayal mm. and then being able to come back and have breakfast with Peter, right? Like, that should be our example, mm. right? Mm. And, and to me, that that's what I like. I try to go back to like and even right now, like I right, right now, I think I'm in a season of being hurt from a friend. Um, I had a friend in high school. Um, her and I were really good friends and we kind of fell off. And then just like a year or two ago, I was hearing that she was saying things about me that weren't true. That just mm. like were blatantly not true. Mm. Mm. And it was really frustrating because I was like, where did that come from? I'm like, yeah. what? I'm like, if anything, like, I feel like I gave you too much of myself in our friendship, right? Like, mm -hmm. I was too, like, I don't know if this is possible, but I was almost too sacred. Like, I put myself second, but in an unhealthy way, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'm trying to, I'm like thinking back, I'm like, what could I have possibly done in our four or five year friendship that would have caused you to say these things? And so mm -hmm. I think even right now, I'm in like a, even though I'm talking about Jesus coming back to Peter, having breakfast with him, I'm like, I don't know that I would want to have breakfast with this person. Right. Yeah. And so I'm in this season right now of like kind of working through that. And like, I don't think I need to reach out to her or anything like that. But I feel like for me, there is a level of forgiveness in my own heart because they might not thinking about it. They might not be thinking about it at all, mm. but it's causing me to lose, not lose sleep, but it's causing me to uh, overthink stuff or really like, mole over it when I don't really be needing to. Mm. I don't really need to. I could I could forgive her and move on. Um but like honestly a part of me is like, man, it's just like I don't like it it's hard. I don't know. Like that's the only way yeah. I can put it and it's hard to do that right now. It's mm. good. Yeah. It's good. Zach, any thoughts on working through hurt? How to get past it, how to get through it, how to heal from it. <clears throat> yeah, I think I, yeah, I think it starts with your own heart, kind mm. of 
like you you have been saying mm. because there, there's kind of two aspects to it how do i heal from the hurt and then how does this relationship heal from the hurt yeah. mm-hmm. and those can be two different steps because while you may heal from the hurt the the relationship may never heal depending on the the like um the willingness for reconciliation of yeah. the other person mm-hmm. and i like i have multiple examples in my own life where <coughs> relationships have been reconciled and relationships haven't but i think um part of it is definitely like realizing as long as you are as long as you are holding tight to to pain as long as you're holding tight to that hurt um it's going to like leave deeper wounds mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. in yourself yeah mm-hmm. you know um Mm-hmm. The the mm-hmm. tighter you clutch, the the further it, it sinks in and yeah. cuts in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so you have to be willing. You have to come to a place where you're willing to start to open up your mm-hmm. your yeah. hands and to to. Well, you said let it go, and and or you said there's a maybe almost a deception with the language of letting it go because it mm-hmm. almost feels like a passive like hey it's mm-hmm. it's, it's it's not my yeah, problem whatever. anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. actually a very involved process. Yeah, mm-hmm. like it is. Like sometimes letting go can even cause more pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but once you are completely let go, that frees you up to heal because that mm-hmm. thing causing that damage isn't there. Anyways, overwrought analogy. No, but um, really good. There's this quote by C.S. Lewis in, in his book, The Four Loves, and it's about um, vulnerability mm. and, and love. And it says this, he says, to love at all is to be vulnerable. Love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. Mm. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. Wrap it carefully round with hobbies and little luxuries. Avoid all entanglements. Lock it up safe in the casket or coffin of your selfishness. But in that casket, safe, dark, motionless, airless, it will change. It won't be broken. It will become unbreakable, impenetrable, and irredeemable. Mm. To love is to be vulnerable. Mm. Mm-hmm. Like this are often our reaction to uh, and what we think is, is healing is closing in on ourselves mm. putting up these walls and this armor so that we don't get hurt again mm. but that all actually keeps us from being able to love again mm-hmm. because love inherently is a vulnerable process you yeah. cannot love if you're not giving of yourself yeah. mm. and so i think it's difficult but there needs to be this realization that healing can happen if i open up mm-hmm. and not it doesn't necessarily have to be if I open up, I will get hurt again. Mm-hmm. Um, and even uh, since there will be pain that comes with love, like, yeah. mm-hmm. and that's just part of it. Mm-hmm. I'm married. My wife breaks my heart sometimes, mm-hmm. not because she's a bad person, but because that's what it means to love. Mm-hmm. You disappoint the people close to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that willingness of being able to realize the tighter I hold to this, the deeper the, the wounds will sink in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the harder it will be to, to find healing. Mm-hmm. But the sooner that you are able to address that wound, the, the, the more you're able to, to heal that, that wound. And that's, that's kind of an abstract thing that I'm saying. But, but um, I think that comes alive, like, in the story of Peter and Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. Jesus was willing to come, like, come back. Like, it would have been very different if Jesus had come back and, you know, showed up to the disciples and never once interacted with Peter and just brushed over him, right? Mm-hmm. But, it's like, I don't know, just that picture of him making him breakfast, right, and sitting down with him. And be like, I'm opening myself up to you again, even though you just yeah. denied me a couple days ago, right? Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what you're saying, right? Like, if 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 Jesus didn't have this heart that was willing and ready to give it up for people, right? And and for Peter specifically in this in this uh, scenario, 
then he would have been closed off, right? And and I just think that's like we can we can easily take that or not easily maybe but we could take that and we can apply that into our own life. Mm-hmm. Like so much time, so so many times it's hard to get over things because we just keep holding on to them and and they keep sinking and we're wondering like why are we still hurt about this? Why are why are we still like dealing with this? Why it's it's been three years since that happened? Why mm-hmm. am I still angry about this? It's because you you're probably still holding on to it and it's just cutting deeper and deeper. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? you know, to let go and to really just allow, you know, forgiveness and and true forgiveness from your own heart to that person, right? Even if they don't, even if you don't feel like they deserve it, what does it look like to embrace it, to practice it, to really come to a place where you are letting go of that pain and that hurt? Mm -hmm. Yeah. A couple of the things that have helped for me, um, I think number one is acknowledging that you're hurt. Mm-hmm. and realizing that you've been hurt sometimes you don't realize it and you're in a funk and you don't fully realize that you're actually hurt mm-hmm. um and you didn't know it yeah. um it's like that's interesting i think number two is <clears throat> um i kind of shared my freshman year was really difficult and i was in the suppression yeah. last time mm-hmm. so we won't make this super sad again <laughs> but um uh i got out of that when i went to i went to speak in ecuador and I was with my dad and my dad had this vision when we were flying into Ecuador that there was people with um, like this that had hurt that they were hiding. Mm. And I'm like, oh, that's really good. Like, that's going to really like, that's powerful that God gave that to you. (laughs) I'm like, that's, get them, Jesus, you know? (laughs) And I remember this big, long (laughs) rectangle room and I'm supposed to speak day two. My dad's speaking day one. I'm still going through depression. He, I don't know if he even really knew about it or not. I don't think he did. And I'm sitting as far back in the room, all these high school students in the room. And I don't remember all the, the message was on, but God, he, God was speaking through my dad on, on hurt. And I just felt the Lord just directly just was communicating to me about hurt that wow. I was hiding mm. and, and dealing with. And I was just like really crying in the background. Like, I, I don't know if I've ever like cried in a sermon before like that. Mm-hmm. I'm way back in the end of the room. Everybody leaves. And I went up to the stage and got on my knees and just said, Lord, I have been, here's what I felt like God was telling me. I felt like God was telling me to give up, release, let go of pain and hurt that I was holding on to mm-hmm. that I couldn't carry any longer. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these situations where I was hurt, it was like a, it was like a combination of them. It, they weren't intentional decisions or things that people did that hurt me. That hurt me, like I'm going to hurt Josiah, but they were things that people did that hurt me, right. and some of them probably still don't know. Mm. Um, and so I went to the altar and I just prayed and I said, "God, I give you." And I went through specifically. I named what the different hurts were, and I'm like, "I can't carry this anymore. I need to carry. I need you to carry it." And honestly, I don't know if it was immediate or it was in two days. I don't remember exactly, but that was the breaking of the depression. Mm. And it was this changing of mindset of, I don't have to just carry all the pain that I can actually give it over to my father. I can actually give it over to Christ and he can help carry it. He doesn't just want my good, but he wants the bad. I think the third thing, so giving it to God, I think the third thing is um, talking through it with people that you trust or counselors or therapists. I think it's really, sometimes it's so jumbled up and messed up within you that you really need to, and that maybe that's two or three. I don't know. It's not like a perfect linear order of these are just steps, but 
I do think talking it through with a friend, a parent, somebody that you know you trust and that can really help you, it's not always the advice that they give you either. It's just the fact that you're talking through it with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. And you're sometimes there's things exposed in those conversations that you didn't even realize that yeah. just come out as you're processing it with somebody else. Yeah. And then I think the fourth thing that can help people work through hurt is um, if you can and talk through it with the person that hurt you mm-hmm. and in the right setting at the right time, talk through and address it with that person and say, here's, here's how you hurt me. They may be aware. They may be unaware. They may have hurt too, but trying to get at peace with that person. Um, I think those are all different ways that can help you heal or work through Mm. hurt. Mm. Mm -hmm. But I want to circle back Mm. with that idea because Zach said something that was really interesting. He talked about just this idea of being vulnerable. Mm. And I've had quite a few conversations with people that once they've been hurt, they have trouble being vulnerable again. And so speak to this question. How can someone avoid carrying the emotional baggage from past hurts into future relationships? It's a great question. Mm. Like you've been hurt, you had that close friend, Mm -hmm. you have that person, they abandon you, leave you. And I've talked with so many people that say, like, or maybe they believe now, maybe it's more of a belief thing. If this person who was close to me can abandon me, then I know other people can do too. And so I'm going to guard myself from being hurt by keeping people at a certain distance away. Yeah, I would say maybe start by taking baby steps and letting people in. Like you don't have to fully let someone in all the way. You can almost like, yeah, like someone who is, you know, maybe scared of, of jumping off a 50 foot cliff into a lake but you start off at the 10 foot cliff and you, mm. and you work your way up to the 20 foot cliff. Right. And you just start, like, I think those little wins, uh, little wins and goal setting might help somebody build that trust up to let people in. Right. Just even for yourself, like mm-hmm. um, not even just with a, a specific person, but with you, like just letting people in, maybe start with, you know, uh, a, a close sibling or a family member that you can let in a little bit more than you have already. And mm-hmm. just start by like, just, almost working that muscle of trust and, mm. and working that muscle of, of vulnerability because I, I don't think it's healthy or possible, maybe possible, but I feel like you don't need to go from zero to a hundred on the vulnerability, yeah. vulnerability scale. Um, if you've been hurt and you have that baggage, um, but maybe just start by practicing it a bit, a little bit, right? Little by little and taking those baby steps where you then get to a place where you feel like you are comfortable, but you do need to, work through that previous you know weights mm. baggage that you're carrying and it might mean going to a professional therapist counselor to work it through right it might mean um not just keeping it to yourself but opening up and, and letting someone in and i know it almost seems counterintuitive because you're like well i'm scared of doing that mm. but it's almost like well i know you're scared of it but it's kind of the remedy to get into where back to where you want to be at. Mm. What do you think, Lauren? How can you avoid carrying the baggage from past hurts into the new relationships of the future? I don't think that you can avoid it. I think, um, cause I've seen this pattern in my life and I'd say, um, uh, 
there is always that fear in the back of my mind that if mm -hmm. I let people in close, that they will leave and not tell me why. So I never mm -hmm. grow. I never know the reason. Mm -hmm. So to say that I have relationships and even really close relationships right now where that fear doesn't like replay in my mind would be a lie. <laughs> um, I think that if I don't choose to love people, I die. Mm. Like mm. if I don't choose to continue letting people in, and I say this with like, I, I'm currently right now in a place where uh, we were talking about a, a, this a little bit before the podcast, mm. but like, um, with vulnerability comes like wisdom. You can't be vulnerable with everyone. You can't, you know, let people into this really close place in your heart and in your mind and the mm. things that you're processing. Mm. But if you don't try to do that with some people, you will eventually die or numb out mm. or like us as humans. And this kind of goes along with what Zach was saying are created to love and be loved. Mm. And part of being loved is being fully known. But if you don't let people know you, then you can't be fully loved and encounter like really true companionship and relationship. And that goes across the board for like friendship, dating, married, like any type of relationship. If mm. you don't let people know you, you can't be fully loved. Mm. Um, and so right now I'm in this place where I'm learning boundaries and uh, being okay to take it step by step, mm. but also not letting fear dictate what I share and don't share. Mm. It's wisdom, like mm. trying to learn God's God's way for relationships and not like base it out of this past hurt or pain mm. or fear that I feel around relationships. Um, and I have, I mean, I have some really close friends right now who have told me when I've hurt them and I love, <laughs> as hard as it is, I value that so much yeah. because yeah. it's the opposite of what I'm afraid of. It's yeah. like proving that people do love me and there's like, I have value that I can bring to the relationship. Mm -hmm. um, it's almost that idea of they're willing to fight for the relationship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And if you walk through hard conflict or pain and you can resolve that hurt, that relationship goes way deeper. Mm. Like it becomes yeah. this like That's, family yeah. Yeah. feeling, which I mean, some people's families aren't like that, but mm -hmm. that really close, like intimate, intimate life yeah. on life, you know? Yeah. Um, so it's, it's a journey, I think. What was the original question? <laughs> yeah, just kind of, you know, moving past the yeah. the the baggage, if you want to mm -hmm. use that word, or the hurt, mm -hmm. um, and not bringing that into the new relationship. It's just learning a new way. Simply yeah. put, like, I think it's just learning a new way to live or respond, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, if I'm operating this fear, I'm going to, like, operate in that if I continue believing those things. But if I choose to take a risk, I have to learn a new way to do relationship. Communicate better. You know, have better boundaries or love actively and don't just say I love someone, but like physically show mm. them, here, I bought you this gift or I wrote you this card because mm. I'm trying to find a new way to do, you know, life yeah. and not carry that baggage with me into new relationships. Good. Yeah. I thought of a, a picture <clears throat> when you mentioned the baggage question again. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, I thought of someone who's going to on a trip, right? Going on vacation. They're bringing their luggage with them, right? And um, when they get to their place, let's say they let's say they go the they go to I don't know Italy, right? Get some pasta. I want to get some authentic homemade pasta in Italy, right? Are you hungry? Or? Come on, <laughs> yeah, we're really nailing down the pasta. I'm hungry. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, 
Uh, so they go to Italy, right? They go with their baggage. They get a, a postcard or a, a, let's say it's a fridge magnet that they can put on their fridge when they get back, right? So they come back from the trip and uh, or let's say actually, let's say it's a pin, right? That they can put on their backpack, right? Mm-hmm. And it's their traveling backpack. I think when you're jumping into a new relationship, you it's kind of like that. Um, you you don't want to bring baggage with you, but you are going to bring those pins with you, mm. right? And you are going to bring those experiences with you. Like, yo, I, I did go through this, and this is a part of my story. Mm-hmm. And and this did this happen? That yeah. this did happen to me, right? Yeah. And I need you to know this because it's not that if you can get to a place where it's no longer baggage, but now it's a pin, mm. and it's not as heavy, but it also is a symbol of where you've been and what you've experienced, and you get to that place, mm-hmm. I think that's really healthy. Yeah, yeah and, and sometimes it's more like one of those T-shirts that says yeah. like "I survived Y2K" or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I survived it. Like this yeah. is not yeah. this is not this is some like sightseeing tour. No, this right. is an event. That yeah, I, that I like came through. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great. I was gonna say something yeah. similar. Is like hmm. you have to, because I like what Lauren said. You will carry it in. Like you can't just like. Right. You've gone through it. You, yeah. There's no erasing that. Um, mm-hmm. So being self-aware is very important mm-hmm. and communicating those yeah. points. Because like what happens is when someone steps on a trigger, um, yeah. you, what often happens is you just start to spiral mm-hmm. or you start to go mm-hmm. into crisis mm-hmm. mode like, or you start to close, out, close off yourself or whatever it is. So if you know yourself well, if you're self-aware, if you've processed through these things, um, then you're able to think, no, this is, this is like a trauma response that, mm-hmm. that I'm going through right now. Or, oh, th- the reason I'm reacting this way is because I'm afraid they're going to leave me like my dad did mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever that might be. And so being aware of that allows you then also to take a second and ask, is this an appropriate, like, what is this emotion telling me about myself? Mm-hmm. And then how, what is the proper response? What is the healthy response to mm-hmm. that, you know? that trigger or something and i i really like what you said abel like communicating what that pain was yeah so when you walk into a relationship it's not like this person is stepping on you know triggering you all the time it's like you have to communicate actually this is this is like a a little pain that i have like this is a a trigger for me and so that way they know yeah not that you expect them to but it's helpful Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. If I'm a friend and you're walking through that, like you yeah. communicate, hey, I have abandonment issues and here's the triggers. Mm-hmm. I now know how to love you better in right. that place and so that I don't keep doing that. Yeah. Then the flip side, you have people who you have communicated to and you have told, hey, these are the trigger points. These are my my areas of pain. Yeah. And they just keep pressing <laughs> the button. And you're just like, at some point, I think it's wise to take a step back and yeah. say, if you can't yeah. take care of my heart as a friend, yeah, I think that we'll be acquaintances. Yeah. Boundaries. Like not closer friends. Yeah. Boundaries, yeah. You know, mm. um, That's good. That's good. what you guys were saying, it, it made me think of when me and my wife were dating first, first few months, we're in our dating relationship. We went out to breakfast. Mm. I took a day off. We went out to Oakbrook, got breakfast. Nice. And I think we were around three, four months. And I had a conversation with my dad like the day or two before. And in that conversation, my dad was saying, um, I think you're moving emotionally too quick. Like mm-hmm. you guys are spending a lot of time together. You're talking all the time. You're, and it doesn't mean that she's not the right one, but I just think you're moving really emotionally quick. And I agreed with him. I was like, yeah, like we were at that point going on way too many dates a week and stuff. And I was just head over heels. Um, so we go out to breakfast and I tell my wife, uh, my girlfriend at the time, I tell her, hey, you know, um, I think that kind of like I think we need to pull the communication back a little bit. 
and you know, I'm, I'm I, like, I'm still in it and everything, but I just oh. think we need to, oh man, I had oh, no man. clue. Oh man, as a girl, that's a big like, oh, I had mm. no clue. <laughs> and I think, and I, I'm a, seriously, I think it was like, hey, like instead of going out, you know, three times a week or two times, like let's take it down one, you know, and, and instead of talking every night, let's, so I just try to pull the back. Like, I'm just thinking I'm pulling this back. Okay, here's what I really didn't know though. I did not know mm. that she had passed hurt in that area. Mm. And specifically, like really serious situation that happened where uh, I won't go into it, but she was in a really good relationship and the person left, the person abandoned the relationship. Mm. And it was very serious. And so we leave the breakfast place and we start walking around the mall and she's like flipped. She's like in a totally different headspace. She's in a totally different mood, totally different mindset. And I'm like, I've never seen the side of her. I'm like, what is going on? Like, yeah. she's just a little moody. She's yeah. like, doesn't short. really want to be there. Yeah. Short, you know, when yeah, someone's yeah. acting different. Yeah, yeah. And I don't remember if we talked about it there the next day, but what when I was communicating, hey, I'm so invested in this, I'm so with this, but I just wanna slow it down the pace of communication so that we can be healthy and it could be good long-term. Yeah. She heard, he's out, he's, up, mm. yeah. he's abandoning. Mm. So I was stepping on a landmine that I had no clue. So it's not, yeah. so I, I say that to say, there are land, because we talked about how can we not bring baggage uh, into future relationships, mm. but sometimes people that we have relationships with or start relationships with, we're totally unaware of the landmines they have, the past mm. hurt, the baggage that they have. Yeah. And and I had no intention at all to end the relationship. Like I was like, let's keep going. Yeah. But let's what I healthier. communicated <laughs> triggered a hurt that then allowed her to go way back to a place of hurt that she was still mm. working through and still healing from. Yeah, mm. that happened to me too. I Did was it? in Carolina <laughs> shoes though. Oh. So I, before my girlfriend and I started dating, we uh, we this was probably back in uh, late April, we were at a restaurant um, eating pasta. There's a theme. There's a theme. I like pasta. Um, but uh, so we were at a restaurant, and so uh, she she's gonna do her internship this summer. She's doing an internship right now. So when she first brought it up, she was like, "Yeah, we're talking about internship stuff." She's like, "I'm thinking about doing this." She's like, "I'm thinking about going to Michigan for eight weeks," and I was like, mm. "And and for me, like that in the past with a previous relationship." was a point of tension mm. um and so all i heard was i'm ending the friendship mm. um i'm going to michigan and if you're back if you're still available when i'm back for my internship then we can continue this friendship which she hadn't said that or communicated that at all mm. she was just saying yeah i think about going for but my mind went whoa like it just it's over yeah it yeah. just i mean she's it's done spiral yeah and uh, she could tell like i was like short and i was just like quiet and uh I, I, we ended up talking about it before we left because I was like, I cannot leave this restaurant without mm. talking about this. Uh, and so I was like, so does this, like, what does this mean for us? She was like, what are you talking about? Like, what do you mean this? Mm. What does this mean for us? I was like, like, are we still good? She was like, yeah, why wouldn't we be still good? And I'm mm. like, well, because here's where I went. She, and then she was like, oh, she was mm. like, wow, like, that's not what I meant mm. at all. I was just expressing that I might be in Michigan for eight weeks this summer, which she is. Um, but like that doesn't mean the dynamic of our relationship or trajectory of our relationship is going to change. I was like, oh. And in those situations, sometimes, um, and actually we were in premarital with your parents and your mom said something because um, we were talking through some fight or some situation that we had gone through, planning on getting married. And your mom said something to me like this. She said, 
when um, she said, you have to be really careful with your words and you have to realize the power of your words as well. Mm-hmm. That even if she said, I know, Josiah, you're not thinking about abandoning this relationship. But when you get into a fight, that's where her mind defaults to. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so you actually need to speak into her, even if you're not feeling that. Like, Because I'm like, I don't feel yeah. any. It's almost like you're paying for the sins of somebody else. Mm. Like there's some other person that hurt this person. Yeah. And so I had to, I have to, I don't feel like I have to do any more, but I had to really make sure at that point in our relationship. Yeah especially before we were married, it started to like really flare things up that I really needed to speak into that area of hurt that she was still healing from. And if we went through a fight or disagreement that I would say, Hey, and I just want you to know, I have no intention of leaving. Like I know there was a, like, I'm here, I'm still Mm -hmm. with you. I'm Mm -hmm. committed. I'm going to the end. And I had to speak out of something that I wasn't feeling. I had to speak to what she was feeling. And it was really your mom that helped me become aware of oh, wow, I have to speak that truth into the situation, even though that's not how I'm thinking or that's how I'm feeling because that's how she's feeling. Mm -hmm. And I need to speak that truth to reaffirm her. Mm -hmm. I'm not leaving. I'm not going to leave. Here's it. I'm not going to leave like other people have. Yeah, Yeah, what a Mm -hmm. beautiful thing to step into a place with someone and to help them to... um, to rewrite the the story that they have been narrating yeah. for themselves, mm. yeah. you know, mm. it's like so true. This 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 story of hurt and pain, these scripts that we have in our heads, where we just like are constantly assuming these things, or talking ourselves down to like step into that place of brokenness with someone, yeah. to sit with them there and say, let's pick up the pieces together. Yeah, like this is different. Yeah, um, it's such a beautiful. It's such a such Powerful. a gospel thing like yeah. w- what else has jesus done but stepped into our place of brokenness to sit with us there and to pick up the pieces and make it new mm-hmm. yeah and like we have the opportunity to do that in our day-to-day relationships yeah. our friendships yeah. our marriages our our, our, our family relationships, relationships our yeah cousins Co-workers and our uncles and, and our, and you know like yeah. what if we were just like people who brought beauty to places where there's brokenness mm-hmm. um, while also being broken ourselves. You know, yeah. it's mm-hmm. like, that's just a beautiful thing to, to be able to sit with someone and to, to, to walk that journey of healing together, knowing that there'll be times when you actually cause pain and cause yeah. damage, but then are able to say, would you please forgive me for yes. this? Mm-hmm. Like, and it's honestly frustrating. Yeah. It could be frustrating in that moment. Cause like I said, I mean, just being honest, it, some, it felt like I was like, man, I'm, I'm having to, clean up after somebody else's mistake mm. or I'm, at, I'm having to pay for the sins of somebody else. Like I've never did anything that made her not trust me, mm-hmm. but somebody else did. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I had to really change my perspective, like you were saying, and step into that narrative and start speaking truth into yep. that mm-hmm. lie that would come up in those, in those mm-hmm. challenging moments. Yep. Let me, let me ask you guys this. Mm. How do you set healthy boundaries to protect yourself or how can somebody do it to protect themselves mm. from being hurt again in the future because you can work through the hurt and it doesn't mean your relationship has to go right back to the same type of you know uh, relationship status or friendship that it was mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but if someone some people even after you work through the hurt they're going to hurt you again and hurt you again and hurt mm-hmm. you again yeah. and they may not be in you know it, it may be like you were saying earlier, Lauren, like you do need to create some boundaries. So mm-hmm. what are, what are some of those boundaries you can create if someone's going to repeatedly keep hurting you? Mm. Yeah. I, I, like I toxic. Wanna, yeah. I want to say the front end, if it is a toxic situation, sometimes the answer is to leave the mm. toxic 
um, yeah. atmosphere, mm-hmm. a toxic environment. I have a, I'll tell this briefly because this story could take like so long because yeah. it's a significant part of my life. But um, my wife and I, we had mentors at a church we used to go to. Mm-hmm. And we spent like, we would have lunch with them after church every Sunday. We would serve with them at church and all these things. As time went on, things started to take this really toxic turn into kind of like this spiritually abusive situation. And spiritual abuse is when someone uses some kind of spiritual authority. Maybe they're a leader in the church. Maybe they've been a Christian longer. They use like this spiritual language and religious kind of authority um, to hurt you, to harm you. Mm-hmm. And, to, 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 and, it, and sometimes it sounds right because they're using scripture mm-hmm. or they're like, they sound really godly, yeah. but it's actually manipulating, manipulative and harmful. Anyways, yeah. mm-hmm. that could take many different forms. But sure. mm-hmm. we started to realize, oh, this person is trying to shape us into their image mm-hmm. and taking, not taking no for an answer. Mm-hmm. Like if we, we're not allowed to be ourselves because then there's this harsh reaction. It grew to the point where, you know, I was a worship leader at the church. This person was a leader in the church, and he started to um, use his influence to say, Zach should not be leading worship because of this, this, and this. All things that were, like, inaccurate and untrue. Mm. Verified, like, not just because I felt that way. Like, I would talk to this, talk about this stuff with our community, and they would say, no, th- that's a lie. Like, don't believe what that person is mm. saying. Um, anyways... What ended up happening is my wife and I, we were engaged at the time, and they also opposed our marriage, too, like, mm. hardcore. Even though everyone else is like, yeah, this is a great thing. Even her parents are like, yeah, go for it. And mm. it's like, just this one guy. Anyways, mm. you could tell I'm still processing through some of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what happened was we are like, we value this relationship, and we want reconciliation to happen. And so we started to try to pursue that. And even to say sorry for some of the things that we had maybe done wrong in the relationship um, but it grew to the point where he and his wife were just obstinately refusing to, to, hmm. to reconcile and saying like, no, we know what was right. We have, they even said, we have heard from God in this matter hmm. and we will not change our position. Wowzers. And it got to the point where it just like so unhealthy, so toxic. I was losing my ability to serve in church. Victory was having anxiety attacks on the way to church, hmm. um, in the morning. And it was just like, cause we knew that we'd see them. And it was just this terrible experience. And we finally realized it actually took um, victory talking to one of her mentors, explaining the situation, being vulnerable, right, with his hurt. And then being able to say, that is a situation of abuse. Mm. You need to leave. Mm. And we had, like, talked about it before, but we were like, no, when relationships go wrong as Christians, we have to bring about healing, right? We have to stay and bring about Mm. reconciliation. That's what we're called to do. But he finally was able to just say clearly and to name it, like, this you are doing everything you can and it's come to the point where it's not like it's not in your hands anymore they are choosing this hmm. and it's having a real effect on your health and well-being you need to leave hmm. and it was one of the hardest things we've ever had to do to leave a church we even had reached out to the pastor hmm. and there was no like help there and so it came to the point where it's like no you need to step away before you crash and burn hmm. and um so I, I just want to kind of start the boundary conversation that yeah. like when you realize it, when you've done everything on your end mm-hmm. to bring about healing and reconciliation and you just come up against a wall over and over again and not only just a wall that doesn't move, but a wall that starts to fight back mm. and to hurt you even more, yeah. you need to like remove yourself from that situation. And mm-hmm. I want to say that because sometimes we, we are in, in situations and I'm sure we have a lot of people who are listening who are in or have been in situations of abuse 
And it's the hardest thing to think about leaving or to think about change or to think, oh, things could be different. We get stuck in those places. Mm. And, um, but it takes, sometimes it takes someone else just naming it. This is abuse you need to leave. And then you realize, oh, it's true. But that's like kind of an extreme situation of like this harsh, toxic abuse. But it's something where we communicated how we were feeling, Mm -hmm. communicated these things that we wanted reconciliation and they continued to harm and to hurt. And we stayed a little bit longer, maybe longer than we should have, honestly. Mm. But we tried so hard, prayed so hard. And finally, we just realized you need to step away. You mm. need to leave that place and find healing. And that's where we came to New Life, actually. Mm. <laughs> um, and that's a whole story. But we found healing in community. Mm. And there were times when people at New Life would say things unprompted, mm. not even really knowing us very well. But they would say things so directly contradictory to the things that our toxic mentors would have told us Mm. like and it was just so direct and in that season of hurt that we just knew it was this the holy spirit speaking through Mm. through our community but Mm. anyways um it was a beautiful thing part of why we're still here is we found a family here that Mm. that doesn't abuse but loves and cares yeah um and so you need to like sometimes there are extreme boundaries right that's an extreme example um but would you say the first boundary there was you created distance like you yes. said, hey, we're going to create distance because us being close with this other couple is mm-hmm. just not healthy. Yeah. And that distance wasn't like uh, extreme in the like it, we didn't. Our first response was not let's leave. Our yeah. first response was like, maybe let's put a little bit of distance. We see something's happening here. Maybe some distance will help us to reconcile this relationship. We need some time to like process this. And then when that continued not to help, it was like, yeah. OK, more distance is needed. And then yeah. eventually like, OK, we need to just. Yeah, cut things off. Yeah, because mm-hmm. on the flip side of it, with like cancel culture and stuff, there almost isn't that opportunity for reconciliation at all. Like it's just, mm-hmm. you hurt me, you did me wrong, you're out of my life yeah. immediately. And it's, and you know, that's like the uh, opposite side of the of the coin, right? Like mm-hmm. that's another extreme, but it's something that I think is very prevalent right now, right? Especially in the younger generation, like you've wronged me and you've wronged me once, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's like a one-time chance. You mm-hmm. do me wrong one time and you can no longer ever speak into my life and we will never ever build a relationship again or a friendship again. And it's and that's not like that's not what we're going for either, right? Like I love that you took a step, you guys took a step in creating a boundary to hope for a reconciliation in the relationship. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a ta- it wasn't a step of boundary to cut off the relationship. It was a step of mm-hmm. boundary to heal the relationship and i think if we can come at it with that perspective especially as being followers of jesus like our boundaries should be maybe should is a strong word but i feel like our boundaries can be opportunities for reconciliation in the Mm, relationship not necessarily to cut off the relationship Mm -hmm. it's not really a boundary but kind of just processing yeah Yeah, uh, Yeah. what Mm -hmm. zach was talking about yeah boundaries are actually an act of love yeah for someone in a relationship even if it's like less of a toxic thing let's say it's a friend who just has like yeah continue like maybe they're they're piling their pain on you and never hearing yours like hearing from you right and you are just so overwhelmed and you can't you know take another step Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, and um a boundary there a way to love that person is saying could you just ask me how I'm doing? Yeah. You know, and just like make sure that this relationship is a two way kind of thing. Mm -hmm. 
yes, there are times when someone is hurting more than the other, and there are mm-hmm. times for that. But if it's all, if it's always just one direction, and you're just feeling the weight pile and pile and pile, mm-hmm. then it's actually an act of love for yourself, but also for that person to say, "Hey, we need to put up some boundaries. I need, I am also going through th- through things, and this friendship will only be healthy if." like you are also hearing from me and like I'm able to share my burdens with you. Mm. Like it's a, that friendship is unhealthy as long as those boundaries aren't in place. So putting a boundary in place is actually loving that person well. And I'm sure there there are probably even better examples of a loving boundary than that. I have a a friend that I just actually set a boundary with. I was thinking about it. Um, You know, there's hot topics in any relationship you know family members i have family members are you know extreme opposites of one another on political or whatever it is and um so i have this close friend who's just really got a really strong opinion about um uh something specifically in christianity like Mm -hmm. the different kind of um branches under christianity and and i but when he talked about it, when we had this conversation recently, and I said, hey, let's talk through it together. I'd love to be able to learn together. Mm-hmm. Let's let's. But as we talked through it, his default was rude and demeaning. Mm-hmm. And he's never like ever that way with me. But the way he sometimes gets, he's kind of argumentative, kind of like a debater. And so when he gets yeah. there, though, he gets kind of cutthroat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we were talking, we were talking about it. We closed the conversation and I texted him. I said, hey, listen. I value this relationship too much for it to be thrown away over a disagreement about something really small, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And so um, I said, I don't know if you knew this, but you were rude and demeaning in that conversation. And so I just want to draw a line. We're not, here's my boundary. We're not going to talk about this thing anymore because it's not worth our relationship not being fractured, it. is the word yeah. I used. And he actually called later and I won't apologize. I'm really sorry, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And so that was a good response. But I still have drawn a boundary and we're just not going to talk about it. Like if you were able to talk about this in the right way, we talk about it. Right. But if it's going to be a demeaning, I'm just not going to subject myself to being demeaned or rude uh, in a rude setting just because yeah. it's not what I'm looking for. It's not yeah. what I want. And it doesn't mean I can't talk about hard things, but you have to be able to draw those lines with people to say, actually to preserve and protect this relationship, we mm-hmm. just won't go there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Boundary. It sounds like, it sounds like in no, in no particular order, I don't think, I'd, at least I can't rank them, but like space, you know, communicate like actually communicating to the other person that you're in that friendship relationship with and then like i think for for me one of the boundaries is having the mindset that i'm even like just going back to like just like for me this is core like having the mindset that i'm putting up a boundary or communicating or or what creating space for the purpose of reconciling the friendship or Mm -hmm. for protecting the friendship or for not allowing it to fracture like having that mindset and not having the mindset of I'm just doing this because I'm trying to cut you off sl- slowly and in a way that's comfortable for me. Mm-hmm. So that, that to me, I think what is, is one of the boundaries, right? Like distance communication, but also the mindset of reconciliation and not of mm-hmm. cancel culture. Yeah. yeah. And consistency and faithfulness with those boundaries. It's really mm-hmm. easy because sometimes it feels wrong to say someone. Yeah. Like in the situation I was giving, like, Hey, stop, stop telling me your hurts, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that sounds like really mean, yeah. but it makes sense in the context was like, I can love you better if you also hear from me, like, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. but that feels wrong to say. And so if you set up that boundary, then it's hard to enforce 
like once you've made it or it's hard to stay consistent. So you have to like, once you set a boundary, you've got to be consistent with that boundary. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even when it feels, um, even when it, when it feels like you're being unfair or something. Mm. Mm. I mean, obviously if your boundary is unfair, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. you got to think about that. But. Yeah. I have um, two mentors that um, are kind of walking with this, <laughs> this whole area of boundaries with me. Mm. And, um, he said boundaries are are principles that you live by pretty mm. much like in a nutshell and i was like oh that's yeah that's true like mm. things that i value and if my intention is to love someone having them dump their whole life on me every five minutes is not actually loving them it's not helping them it's not doing what my desire is mm. it's not serving them and it's not serving me so like what is the better option here and it would be to hey what about a therapist or communicating hey there's times for everything and yeah. now's not the time to talk about your trauma yeah, right. <laughs> um so just le- learning that like what what is what are principles that you want to live by yeah. and then i think that will clearly help define boundaries yeah. and not be so like yeah, some people get a little <laughs> on the other extreme of boundaries and they're like, don't talk to me from until I've had my coffee or like, yeah. you know, well, like that's yeah. my boundary. And it's coffee. like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I don't know, man. I think you're just grumpy in the morning. <laughs> I think you're just not a morning person. Yeah. 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 What are some lessons that you guys have learned? Like if you can get concise about it, like what are some big lessons you've learned mm-hmm. from past experiences of hurt? Mm-hmm. whether it's working through it, being in it, how you feel in it, mm-hmm. like where you are now going through the different experiences that you have. What are some of those lessons? I think mm-hmm. as hard as it is to do it at times, letting my hurt draw me closer in my relationship to God mm-hmm. than pushing me further from it. Mm-hmm. And that can look different, you know, depending on the scenario and the circumstance and who you are and how you're wired. But for me, it look like just really going to God first in prayer and asking him and, and trying and just having a conversation with God, um, about how, where I'm at, but also reminding myself and letting the spirit remind me that he's good. He's got a plan. He has purpose and nothing is nothing that happens to me comes of surprise to God. Mm. Like he just mm. knows everything. Mm. And, and so, and I know it, like it can be really hard to, to get to that place. And, and that a lot of times that's not our first reaction is to go to God with it. But I've really found a lot of healing in that um, mm. because it, it really does just take the responsibility and the weights of carrying that off of my shoulders. Mm. And I feel like, okay, I've surrendered this to God. I really have. Um, and I'm still hurt. That doesn't that doesn't mean I'm not hurting anymore. Mm. But I don't feel like I'm carrying the weight of that hurt anymore. It's mm. mm. good. Yeah, I think that's great. Like learning the 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 value and beauty of lament, mm-hmm. of bringing your pains, your complaints, your anger and yep. frustration to God, yep. is um, a beautiful thing. And like you mentioned earlier, Abel, about like sometimes moving towards vulnerability it's baby steps it's small steps yeah um mm-hmm. well you know someone who will like always hear your hurt and honor it and mm-hmm. hold it delicately and love you through it mm-hmm. the lord who came and sat with you in it like mm-hmm. he 
like I don't know if you guys have ever read the Psalms, but like if you read the Psalms, like the things that they say sometimes are mm. so like we would blush if someone stood up in church on Sunday morning and said that mm. to God. Mm. And we're like, oh goodness. But it's like there in our scripture, um, and God is God has space in relationship for saying, Bring me your pain. Yeah. You know, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and mm-hmm. saves those who are crushed in spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what I've learned through mm-hmm. my experience of pain mm-hmm. is the Lord comes close to me in those moments when people are drawing away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or when I draw into myself, there's no, there's no like depth I can go into myself where the Lord is not there and saying, hey, I'm here. Let me hold you. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's just a beautiful thing to discover. Our prayers don't have to be, you know, Lord, help me have a good day today. It could be like... <laughs> You know, sometimes throughout my day, I'm like, Lord, why is this happening? Yeah. Like, why this situation? Or like, God, I am so frustrated right now. Mm-hmm. And the Lord is there and he hears it. Yeah. And um, and he honors it. Yeah. And it almost becomes a place where I can process my hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or it does. Be, like, not almost. It does. Yeah. It becomes a place where I'm processing it. And, um, and I've just learned that the Lord is there and he will sit with you in your broken place and he will he will hold you through it, and he will not shrink back from your anger, your frustration, mm. your hurt, or anything. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing. And then I'll just say this one more. This other thing, the other thing I learned through my hurt and pain is that reconciliation is possible, but it's really really difficult and yeah. and hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to yeah. go back to that story I shared at the beginning with the tripod yeah. and mm. us like uh, drifting apart from each other. What brought about healing in that? situation is um after that summer when we were leading worship together and we noticed all these things erupting Mm. um and that wedding was on the horizon you know Mm. um i was like i don't want to lose this friendship Mm. and i talked to one of one of the other guys and it's it it really just started it didn't start with all three of us it started with two of us and um i expressed how i had been feeling to him he's like i've been feeling the same way um can we like and we had we stayed up to like 12 a.m. that night, just like mm-hmm. talking through things. And then even after that conversation, we're like, I, I we think we still have more processing to do. Like, let's mm. plan a time where we can sit together and just talk through it. So what we did is like the next Sunday, we sat together in our church building in between services. No one was there. And we just sat in a room together, around, like a, a round table. And we just sat there and said, here's the way that you have hurt me. Mm. And that was such a hard thing to do, to mm-hmm. look someone in the eyes who you've loved, who has hurt you and say, here is how you have hurt me. It feels mm-hmm. really awkward sometimes to say mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And then to sit and hear and say, please tell me how I have hurt you too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then to have them say that. Yeah. But that conversation, that discussion was so healing for us. And like you said, mm-hmm. Lauren, I think earlier, like that conversation brought our relationship to such a deeper level of intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, like that to this day, like we're still really close, even though he's still in California and I'm mm. out here. And it was such a beautiful thing. And it was actually funny because at his wedding, I was, I did stand up with him at his wedding. Nice. Um, but at his wedding, uh, the, our pastor, our youth pastor um, was officiating and he was sharing this story about my friends. And um, he was saying, he said, here's how I like knew that this, the, the groom was, uh, has character and has integrity is there was one day I was praying um, before youth group because it was before youth group that we had the conversation so he's like one day I was praying in, in um, b- 
before youth group, I was just on my face in the chapel, just praying. No one else was around. It was silent. And all of a sudden, in the next room over, I start hearing these voices, like talking to each other. And, and basically, long story short, our youth pastor was in the next room over praying mm. for, the, for the youth group. Mm. And he like heard our whole conversation. And um, he was like, he just affirmed later on, like, what a beautiful moment. Like, it had blessed him to hear that, mm. that wow. vulnerability, that humility to say, I'm sorry that I have hurt you. Please forgive me. Mm. Um, you have hurt me, but I forgive you. Mm. And so through that process, and later on, we had a, another conversation. I had another conversation with the other friend. Mm. And so I just learned through that process that, like, reconciliation is possible. There's so many stories of, of reconciliation not happening, of mm. relationships being shattered and mm. broken, but that doesn't have to be how it ends. Mm. Mm. But it is really difficult, it takes humility, mm. it takes vulnerability, like we've been saying, yeah. and it all stems from the fact like the Lord has forgiven us of so many wrongdoings, mm-hmm. um, and that empowers us and gives us the basis for looking to others and, and forgiving them. And I can think of like 12 stories from Scripture that reinforce yeah. that. You know? <laughs> yeah, yep. So... Yeah, it was a beautiful thing, but a hard thing. So reconciliation is possible. It's mm. possible. Lauren? Um, I think for a long time I wanted to not experience hurt again. Mm. <laughs> and then God's like, you're human. <laughs> so you will always experience it if you like allow people to come close. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think being okay and knowing, too, that like in the future it's worth it. Like Those hard conversations, those tears, the frustration, the... The anger that comes with being really hurt sometimes, it's like worth it if you put the effort in and you put your heart into it. Um, And similar to what you guys have already said, I think God is like so near in those moments. Like Mm. some of those precious intimate moments Mm. come from drawing close to God and like having him draw near to you is like life changing. You're just like, okay, this is this is very painful. This is really hard. But also I'm really loved just as I am right now. Like really hurt or never wanting to go out and talk to another friend again but like this is worth it because god can heal and he's in it with me Mm. um so i think just being aware that god is there and that we're human so there's no way to escape it like Mm. everyone will experience this but it's how you respond to those moments that really shape who you are in your character and how you deal with the next hurt that comes so yeah uh so this, I'm going through First Corinthians now in like personal quiet time, and reading First Corinthians one today, and and that mm. along with this conversation, yeah. right? He, Paul talks about this first kind of topic that he's talking about in this first chapter is division in the church, but then he goes into this into this section at the end of chapter one, um, and the ESV Bible titles it the wisdom of God, and in verse uh, eighteen, Paul writes the message of the cross is foolish to those who are headed for destruction. But we, right, believers, followers of Jesus, who are being saved, know it is the very power of God. Mm. And so I was just like thinking about that and thinking about this conversation and thinking of like the the way the world does reconciliation is that they don't, right? Again, it goes back to the, mm. the cancel culture and people, when you get hurt, you are almost like granted this power to cancel somebody and it's okay. Mm. But what we do as followers of Jesus, right, looks foolish to the world. Mm. Because what we're saying is, yes, even though you've hurt me, and I'm talking about very specific situations, right? I'm talking about situations that are not 
inherently toxic or abusive, but mm -hmm. just like have wronged each other, right? Because mm -hmm. I think those situations fall in a different category. Mm -hmm. I don't think you can all lump it together. But the ones where you, you know, there was betrayal um, or there was hurt, but again, it wasn't abusive. I'm talking to those specific situations, right? The, the message of the cross is, right, pursue reconciliation, pursue forgiveness. And even if it looks foolish to the world, um, you're doing this in Jesus's power, right? Because of the leveling that we all have at the cross, that we're all sinners and that we've all made mistakes and that we've all either betrayed someone's trust or hurt somebody mm. uh, because of that, right? And because you've been saved and reconciled to Christ first, right? Through Christ to God first, you can experience or at least shoot for that reconciliation in your human relationships as well. Mm. And so that, to me, that's like we're, as I'm pursuing reconciliation in the future now, that's where like I'm, I'm rooting myself in, right? Good. In that reality. Mm. Josiah? Yeah, I, um, I've learned that I could, I can default to being jaded. Um, and mm. what that looks like for me is, and I was, I just dealt with this recently. I was thinking about this thought and talking through this idea with somebody. I said, I, when I get hurt, I want to extend my hand without my heart. Mm. And I, I don't think that's the way that Christ has called us to be in relationships with people, mm. uh, especially within the church. Mm. Mm. I think God has called us to extend our hand and extend our heart, mm -hmm. you know? And it, I think, like you were saying, Lauren, it, it opens you up to being hurt. And mm. I think that's why I wrestle with it is because I'm like, oh, I could just, even in ministry, if you're hurt by somebody in the church, like, oh, I'll just expend, extend my gifting and my ability and yeah. I'll just do what you what you want from me, but I'm not going to invest my emotions, my passion, my heart, my vulnerability. Like, I'm going to keep you at arm's distance and I'll fulfill what's required of me, but I'm not going to open up because I don't want to be hurt. Mm -hmm. And so, but I was just thinking that that's not, as I was just processing and talking through it with a friend, I realized that's not what I want for my life. Mm -hmm. I want to be someone that, like you were saying, Zach, that loves with everything and knows that part of loving with, all, you know, with all of your heart means that you're going to be hurt by people that are imperfect. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how Jesus loved. Jesus loved Judas in a perfect way and knew he was going to betray him. Mm -hmm. you know, hmm. Jesus make, loved yeah, Peter in a perfect, perfect way and knew Peter was yeah. going to, you know, say I didn't know him. Yeah. And, and, like if I knew someone was going to betray me, I'm not sure I'd love them mm -hmm. with all my heart. Like I'm not mm -hmm. sure I'd really love them in a way. I think I'd try to guard myself. Mm -hmm. And yet mm -hmm. that's the, I think the thing that we all run across. I think the other thing would be this. The other lesson I've learned that's been difficult is when we're talking about somebody that says something about you, that's not truthful. And there's hurt that comes with that. And a lot of times it's not to your face. It's you find out from somebody else yeah. Yeah. and you keep finding out. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> they just like this person, that person, yeah. like, dude, like, it's just so not true. I went through a situation like that and I felt like I need to defend myself. I need to, and I was calling and trying to, defend, and that is exhausting. It's mm. exhausting yeah. to try to, to try to tell the other side that's, you know, saying this is how I am and this is how I was handled and this is how it was mm. dealt with when somebody else is saying something that's just flat out not true and they're saying it's not true, but then they're telling people like, that's all so messy. 
And I realized that I was just getting so frustrated with it. Couldn't get over mm -hmm. it. Every time that I found out something new, it reopened the wound. Mm -hmm. It reopened the wound. Mm -hmm. And I realized that I needed to just trust the Lord and say, God, you know how I've handled it. You know my heart. And I'm just going to trust it to you, right? Mm -hmm. Jesus said, I'm going to uh, entrust myself to the one who judges justly. Like, I'm just... Mm -hmm. I'm just going to trust it to you because for me to be the one that's going to change everybody's opinion is exhausting to have to do that. Yeah. And I know my heart, I know how it's handled, but I'm just going to trust you, Lord. Yeah. And I think it allows you to start healing. Mm -hmm. And that's the final question I have for you guys as we close here is how long does it usually take to get over being hurt by someone and what factors can influence the healing timeline? I think that's a case by case. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it changes depending on, you know, the extent of the relationship. Like, the deeper the relationship, the deeper it's probably going to hurt, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And mm -hmm. the longer it might take. But I wouldn't even say that's because some people could heal quicker than other people, and, and that's okay. Um, but I think giving yourself that space to heal and being okay with however long it takes you to heal as long as you're taking steps to heal i think it's it's one thing to not heal because you're just mulling over it and sitting mm -hmm. in it but i think you can grieve and lament well while taking steps mm -hmm. to healing um like to me like th there's just this picture of like a difference between passive healing and active healing mm -hmm. and, and in a passive healing you're pitying yourself you're like man oh this sucks like boohoo you know like you're kind of just coming at yourself right mm. um and i think there's maybe there's a time and a space for that at the beginning but at some point like do you really want to stay stuck there mm. like do you really want to stay i mean like to me I, that would be like i would feel like i just have a cloud over my head constantly and mm. like i'm just in this down state like i don't want to stay there and so what are the steps that I'm going to take to pursue active healing and to pursue potentially maybe even reconciliation, you know, pursue yeah. forgiveness, right? Because those are, you can't just come to it passively. You can't mm -hmm. just forgive someone passively. Like you have to make a decision to forgive this person, mm -hmm. even if it doesn't come back to the same relationship that you had previously. You have to make the active decision to forgive, to heal. I think mm -hmm. maybe some of us get caught up in the lie that, we can just passively heal mm -hmm. and just, I can just sit here and be in my own thoughts and I'll heal eventually. Mm -hmm. I don't think it works like that. What do you guys think? Factors that influence the healing timeline? Speed um, it up, slow it down. <laughs> I think the commitment level in the relationship, mm -hmm. like if you're in a married, I'm not married, but if I imagine, and also, I mean, this applies to friendship too. Um, but like if you're if you're married and let's say husband hurts wife, wife can't hold on to that hurt for so long without eventually affecting the relationship, mm -hmm. right? Like you can't hold on to that for a week and just, oh, everything's fine. That causes a lot of pain and a lot of uncomfortability. And how do you like, where do you go from there, you know? Yeah. And so I think if the commitment level is like, we're in this to walk through hurt, and there, even in friendship, if there's that like really strong commitment to you are in my inner circle, you are one of my closest friends, the, the timeline, at least for, for me personally in friendship, in those friendships, 
I feel is a lot shorter um, because I know that there's that commitment of love. And if they make the effort to have that uh, love be in action after they've hurt me, it kind of rewrites the story and I know that commitment is still there. Um, so I feel like if, is that making sense? Like mm -hmm. if the commitment yeah. level is, is strong, I feel like it's a lot easier to, okay, you know what? I just need like an hour and then I'll, we'll come back, you know, mm -hmm. and hug yeah. it out or something. Yeah. Um, but if it's like someone that I'm like, uh, <laughs> for me, it takes a little bit longer. And that's where at both situations drawing near to the Lord and being like, help, <laughs> like yeah, yeah. simply put like help period. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's just, it's hard. Like there's no easy way out of it. And I think it does take time, but, mm -hmm. um, I think being open to forgiving. And then I think that's just so important, like following up action, like even if it's just a hug, like we just had a really hard conversation and you just told me how much I hurt you. It's like, okay, can we hug this out? So that there's a reassurance, like we still love each other. We're still committed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's still that like level of commitment there. Um, I think is important mm -hmm. or buying your friend a coffee or mm -hmm. I don't know, doing something that affirms like, no, I do love you, but I I'm telling you this because I love you. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. we want to work this out. Like I'm sense. committed. So yeah. yeah, yeah, so many factors. We could have a whole podcast series on yeah. this topic, you know, because it's so complex. Yeah. But definitely, like, the closer someone is to your heart, the deeper the wound can go. Um, um, how long you are holding tight to it in your own self, like you were talking earlier, the deeper it'll cut in, the deeper the scars will go. Um, uh, if you decide to carry the pain by yourself, and to deal with it on your own. Mm. Like that's a sure way for that pain to like mm. last a long mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. um, we were meant to carry our pain together with others. And so mm. one thing that can, um, I guess, speed up the process, it's, you know, speed isn't always what we're looking for. Yeah. I want to make that point too. Like some people feel guilty because they're still, they're still like feeling pain from something that happened a year ago or two years ago, three years ago, five years ago from their childhood. Right. Mm. But, Sometimes, like, I mean, sometimes things just take time to yeah. heal. Like, your right. parents divorcing, that's going to be something that you have to continually wrestle with the rest of your life and yeah. into your marriage and the way you raise your kids. So right. being aware of that is one thing. Like, speed isn't always the goal. Mm -hmm. um, but one thing that smooths the healing process over and keeps you in healing, like Abel said, those, those intentional steps, even mm -hmm. if they're small, like that will happen better in community. And when yeah. you have people around you who are, who are lifting you up when you fall, who are there to comfort you, um, to cry with you and mourn with you and, and things like that. So don't, don't do it alone because that's a sure way to keep it locked up tight. And it, when it's locked up tight, it festers, it grows and, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So it's a continual process. I like what yeah. you said also about forgiveness. Mm. Sometimes we think forgiveness is a one and done thing. Mm. But if someone has hurt you really deeply, yeah. you'll find yourself, oh, I, I forgive you, I've forgiven you. And then mm. a couple of days later, you something comes back up and you're just like, oh, I'm so angry at that person. And then you have to go through the process again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I've given this to the Lord. Like, I, I give it to you again. Like, let, help me to forgive That's this good. person, yeah. you know. So it's just that that commitment and ultimately trusting the Lord. You'll, I'll, I'll, this is the last thing I'll say. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a, a, a <laughs> verse. In, you reminded me of this, Abel, because you're reading First Corinthians yeah. 1. yeah. On well, Second Corinthians one, mm. um, Paul is writing to that same messed yeah. up, divisive church yeah. that is just like hurting each other. Like, here's a second letter for you. Yeah, you yeah, didn't yeah. get it. Yeah. yeah, and so Paul opens up the letter with this: 
He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion mm. and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Yeah. Mm. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, right? We're talking about Christ has been through betrayal. Mm -hmm. Christ has been through suffering. He's the wounded healer. Like, yeah. just think about that phrase, wounded mm -hmm. healer. Suffering servant. The suffering servant, yeah. For just as we share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also our comfort abounds through Christ. Mm -hmm. If we are distressed, it is for your comfort and salvation. If we are comforted, it is for your comfort, which produces in you patient endurance of the same sufferings we suffer. And our hope for you is firm because we know that just as you share in our sufferings, so also you share in our comfort. Like com God is the God of all comfort. Mm. And because of that, we can know that if it's still hurting, if it's still painful, and if we're still suffering, then it's not over yet. Mm -hmm. Like comfort will come. Mm. and it, But it comes through... Like what Paul said, we suffered and can comfort you because we have suffered and experienced comfort. God brings comfort because God is the God of comfort. Mm -hmm. um, and so that is the sure way to bring about healing in whatever time it needs to come about. Is if you come to the Lord, who is the God of all comfort, come to the people of God who carry um, that 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 duty to bring healing to others. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, that means pain comes through those people too, right? Because yeah. it's... You know, per church is imperfect, but yeah. God promises comfort will be the inevitable experience that we all have. Yeah, that's good. Mm. Lauren, you want to close us out praying for anybody that's struggling with hurting? Mm. <laughs> I feel like I closed last time. <laughs> Did you? Come yeah. on, that's a tradition. Oh, oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. tradition. Uh, saints or praying saints, I don't know. Um, <laughs> praying saints. <laughs> yes. Lord, I just thank you for every person who just listened to this podcast. Thank you, God, that you're close to them. You're close to their hearts and what they carry right now, whether that be joy or pain, um, hurt and uh, trauma, whatever it is, Lord, you are near to them. Mm. And God, I want to ask that um, as they sign off or listen to another podcast or whatever, that you would just meet them right where they're at, that mm. there would be um, the starting point or a continued process of healing that would happen in their hearts and mm -hmm. also in their minds that you would rewrite the story for them. Uh, they don't have to carry these things alone. They don't have to walk this burden um, alone, that you want to do it with them and that you have community for them that can walk with them, Lord, and teach them a new way to live, uh, your way to live. And so I just pray that you would give them hope, um, give them a, a jump start to a new way of living and to healing and restoration, God, in their relationships. Thank you that you are the God of relationships, that you care about each individual in our hearts. And um, yeah, I just pray that you would give them peace and comfort in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.